words can't really express our thanks for the people that have gone before us and fought for us and given us the freedoms that we have. Uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much. I thank you for the people who have fought and died for us to give us the freedom we have to come and worship with you, to worship you. God, I thank you for the families. We pray that you be with the families who've lost loved ones. We just wanna honor you in that. And today, Lord God, we come to you and ask that you would help enable us to see you, to understand a little bit more about who you are and see uh, you continue to work in our lives in mighty ways. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Well, my name is Kevin Demi, and I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, today, I wanna answer uh, a question of, are angels real and do they affect our lives today? Now, the angels I'm talking about are these good angels. And for us, as we think about angels, there's a lot of information out there we have to sort through and think through. Uh, maybe there's some TV shows or movies you have seen that, that kind of help shape your view of that. And, and as you do, uh, I know for me, there's a couple of them uh, that stand out to me. The first one that comes to my mind when I think about angels is It's a Wonderful Life. Now, I don't know if you realize that 75 years ago that movie came out. It's hard to believe, not that I was at that age, but it did come out about 75 years ago. But it was a story, a movie about a man named George. Now, George, uh, he... He was kind of at the end of his rope, end of his life, kind of feeling like, I don't know how to make things work. I, I'm about ready to give up. And heaven sit down an angel, an angel named Clarence, who's a little off the wall and goofy, and he kind of helped George begin to see his value and purpose. And for us, we can begin to see a picture of, of, of what that show and that movie might have said about angels. Another movie that, that I think of was made in 1994. Now, this movie's called Angels in the Outfield. Now, I was gonna show a clip from Angels in the Outfield, but I really felt like it might be a little disturbing, a little too disturbing to some people who really love baseball. Because you know what, we've missed sports, and if I were to show you that clip, all you'd wanna think about the rest of this time is baseball, and you wouldn't even wanna think about what we're talking about today and angels, and so I felt like it'd be much better if you didn't have the clip, because if you had the clip, then that's all you'd wanna think about. So instead, I just wanna share just a little bit about, about uh, the movie, and it was a movie where there was a boy who could see angels interacting with this baseball team. And so he, his role was to kind of help the team see when angels were working or not. But either way, when we think about angels, we're shaped by a lot of information. In fact, there are even some movies out there and TV shows that show the dark side of, of the spiritual realm. And so the first four weeks of this series, we really dove, dove into that. We dove into this idea of fallen angels and, and Lucifer uh, and things like that and Satan and how he impacts us. We talked about how he's a roaring lion out there to devour us. Uh, it, but last week we started to see a, a, a corner turned as Tim talked about the armor of God. He talked about how we can have that armor of God. And in that armor of God can give us strength as we face those spiritual battles. Uh, as well as that. So today, hopefully we're gonna take another turn, a kind of a little bit bigger turn, and focus on these good angels. And as we focus on these good angels, hopefully we'll be encouraged today. Now, as we think about these good angels, uh, Billy Graham used to call them agents of God. And, and for me, there's a really cool quote that I love uh, from Billy Graham, and it says this. It says, there are secret agents here the devil has his agents here and God has his angels here. But all we're hearing about now are the devil's agents. 
but God has his agents that I wanna talk about. And the frustration and the depression that many people are going through is satanic and it's supernatural. And we're involved in a supernatural war and a supernatural battle is taking place on this planet right now. But I think it's time for those of us that call ourselves Christians to major on the positives of the Christian faith. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You see, there is a supernatural world out there. There is a world that is unseen, a world that we can't see everything happening and going on. And for us, it could terrify us a little bit, it could frighten us a little bit, but for us, we, wanted, we, we know that God wants to be at work in our lives. Tim, uh, earlier in the series, used an example of the wind and talked about how you can't see the wind, but you see the effects of the wind. And for us today, we realize that God wants to be at work in our lives, and he is at work in our lives. We can't always see everything he's doing, but we can experience it, and we can see, uh, see the effects of it. And so today, the main focus of where we're going to land today is this, and it says, angels are real. And God is at work in and around us even when we can't see it. So we think about this, just as a moment ago, we sang the song Waymaker, is that knowing that God is at work and around us even when we can't see it, he is at work and he never stops working. A verse that really comes to my heart and mind when I think about angels and kind of the, the focus of what God is doing and his work around us is, is Hebrews. It comes in Hebrews 1.14. It says, are not all his angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? You see, God will use his angels. He will use his angels to minister to his people, to do a mighty work in our lives. As we trust Christ, uh, in our, put our faith and trust in Christ, we can belong to God, be restored to God. And in that, we know God is out there looking to continue work in our, our lives. As we, we look at the Bible we see the Bible is full of stories about angels, full of stories about God working in and through our lives, full of stories. In fact, the Old Testament refers to angels 108 times. Uh, in the New Testament, it's over about 165 times angels are referred to. There's examples of angels uh, coming and, and appearing to people in the Old and the New Testament. But as we think about those things, we begin to think, all right, well, what are these angels? You know, okay, so they're real, but what are they? What are some characteristics of them? I think the first and main thing we need to, to know is that angels uh, are beings that are created by God. Psalm 148.5, it says, let them praise the name of the Lord for at his command, they were created. Uh, in fact, as we think about this, they were created, uh, we know that there are no examples of scripture that we've seen where people can become angels. Now, for us, it is a comforting thought to think that when someone dies, you become an angel. But the great news about that is we don't have to worry about that. You see, when we, we die, we, we, we get a glorified body. If we're in Christ, we have a relationship with God, we get that glorified body and we get to experience God in a way that we can't hear on earth. And so we don't need to become angels. So if you've been thinking about people becoming angels, really is anywhere in scripture it talks about that. Instead, it focuses on the fact that they're a separate created being from us. Now, as we look at that, one characteristic of, the, of them is that they are created as spirits. Uh, Hebrews 1.7 talks about how they, God created them as spirits. However, we've seen in scripture they can take on human form. Uh, we see, saw that in the Old Testament multiple times as well as the New Testament when they appeared to, to Mary 
uh, when they appeared to Joseph, they appeared to the, the apostles, to, to Paul, to Jesus, to many others. In fact, they appeared 18 different times in the New Testament to people, human form. In fact, later on in Hebrews chapter 13, it even, it even talks about how, how uh, we, when we enter, entertain strangers, we may be entertaining angels and don't even know it. There may be some of you here today that have entertained angels and never even knew that you had done that. Uh, another characteristic of them is that they're superhuman. Now, they're mighty in power, uh, they're super intelligent, they're super strong. In fact, in 2 Peter 2.11, it talks about how they're full of might and power above men. And for us, uh, there's an example, uh, you know, for us, it is, it is one of those things where, where we see that and we see the might and power and we're kind of awed by it a little bit. But, but there's an example in, in scripture where Hezekiah, he was crying out to God because a Syrian army was getting ready to come and invade ancient Israel to take over the land and, and to kill them. And he was fearful. He was very fearful of it. So he called out to God and on one night, on one night, God sent one angel they killed 185,000 Assyrians to protect ancient Israel and his people. It's, these people were, the Assyrians were out blaspheming against God and in one night, one angel had the power and might to do that. So we think about that, that one angel has that power and that capacity, but the good news is it doesn't stop there for us. And that is this, there are multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of angels. They're without number. In fact, we can't even count them. In Daniel 7, he talks about how there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels. He said there are 10,000 times 10,000 angels at the throne of God. We see it again in Revelation, talking about the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels. And these angels are, are God has his agents to be used to do a mighty work in our lives. Now, there's also various ranks of angels. So there are multitudes of them, there's also various ranks. We see in Colossians 1, it talks about there's authorities and dominions and powers and rulers. Uh, we see that there's only two angels even mentioned by name. One of them is, is the archangel Michael. Now, Michael uh, is, is considered to be the, the one over the angels, kind of the organizer of it all. Now, he still, he still uh, looks to God. Uh, God still, he still reports to God, but he's considered to be the archangel of God in that. He's a messenger of law and judgment. The second angel that's also mentioned is Gabriel, who appeared uh, several times to people given a, a message of mercy and promise. And so as we begin to get a picture that there's spirits, there's superhuman, there's multitudes, there's various ranks that are created by God, we begin to think, okay, that's great. What, what do they do? What can they do? What are they able to do? What do they do in the scheme of God working in our lives? And so we think about the role of angels, we really think about it, there's several things. One is that they're servants of God. They are servants of God who are, do what he desires. They help accomplish and execute his will and his judgment. In fact, uh, uh, we see an example of that in, in Sodom and Gomorrah, as well as in Revelation, when it talks about how when there was a spiritual battle in heaven, there's a spiritual battle waging war in heaven because Satan uh, and some of the, the uh, other angels, the fallen angels, rebelled against God, wanted to be greater than God. And the, the host of angels that followed God and stayed with God cast, helped cast them out of heaven. And we see that in Revelation. They help execute his will and judgment. They also reveal information. 
Uh, we see that they've come, Gabriel came to Mary, as I talked about. Uh, angels and forged shepherds of his birth. Uh, angels also told people about the resurrection of Jesus and in Acts, we see that he even told his disciples that Jesus would come again in the same way. They're servants of God. Angels also glorify God. The Bible talks about how angels are real. We see that over and over again. And we can, we can see that, that for us, it may be easy to awe, be in awe of them, but they were actually created just like us, but to worship God. Revelation seven eleven says this. It says, all the angels stood around the throne, the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell face down before the throne and they worshiped God. Psalm 103, it talks about, it says, angels glorify God for his excellence. Angels were created by God to worship him. Another thing that the role of an angel is, is to minister to people. Kind of the heartbeat of this comes from that Hebrews passage in chapter one. And again, and it talks about how are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who inherit salvation. And they minister to us in many, many ways. They do it in a lot of different ways. And for us, there's just a few ways today I kind of want to look at and think about, but the reality is there are many ways they, they provide for us. I love this story in, in 1 Kings chapter 19. We see the story of Elijah. And he's uh, on Mount Carmel, Car, uh, Carmel where he's, he uh, is up on the mountain and he's facing uh, the Baal priest. And the, these are a group of priests, just tons of priests, and they all worship this, this other false god. And he challenges them to this, 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 uh, this opportunity where he begins to say, wait a minute, my God will show up. And so on top of the mountain, we see that, that, that Elijah is faced with an opportunity to reveal that his God is true. And in that, it's a real cool story. Go back and look at, at, at uh, night, chapter 19 and, sec, and 1 Kings, and we see how God shows up in that story. But in that story, Elijah is very fearful afterwards. He's fearful because all these priests and all these people that were following these false gods were angry with Elijah. They were angry with him. And so what they did is, is, is he was fearful. So he ran ahead of them, went far away. And then he kind of got exhausted and was about ready to give up. He's like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, we felt that way before. But in that moment, actually God sent an angel to him twice. One to really encourage him. I wanted to give him food and, and drink to say, continue, continue the mission, continue this. And they provided for him in that. Another <clears throat> area is that, that they, they help guide. They help guide us when, when God is, is working in our lives and want to direct us, they can help guide. In fact, uh, the Lord had promised Israelites the promised land and he sent an angel to guide them while they were in the wilderness. Exodus 23 talks about that. He sent an angel ahead to, to, to guard them and to show them along the way and to bring you to the place that he prepared for them. And Acts 8, 26, this is a really, really awesome way. And it talks about that an angel appeared to Philip and said, hey, Philip, I want you to go that way. And Philip went that way. He went the other direction. And when he went the other direction, he was able to meet an Ethiopian eunuch and help lead him to faith in Christ. And so, so the angel directed him to, to someone to help show him. Uh, who, who Christ was. An another thing is, is they protect us. I think for a lot of us, this is, is one that we look at, is that God is a protecting God. He wants to guard us. Psalm 34 talks about how the angel Lord encamps around uh, the people who fear him and he delivers them. 
In Psalm 91, he talks about his command as angels. He's the one overseeing the commanding of all the angels and he will guard you in all your ways. In fact, one of the most popular recounting of stories I've heard over the years uh, is about a missionary by the name of John Patton. Now, uh, he was with his family uh, ministering and doing missions in the New Hebrides Islands. And when he was there with his family, they were in the hut and in the hut, they began to see that there was a, the hostiles, uh, natives from around that were coming and they started encircling and coming on. They knew they were there with the intent to kill them. And they began to be so fearful and they began to pray and just call out to God and pray knowing that their lives were probably going to end that night. And when morning came, they looked out and saw that, that they had gone, they had left. And they didn't know why. They had no idea what happened. And as they began to look at that, they began to see, they had a question, they didn't know what was going on. And about a year later, the chief of that native tribe actually converted to faith in Christ, became a Christian. And so he actually was talking to the chief, John was talking to him, and he said, hey, do you remember that night? You remember the night that, that you were surrounding me? What happened? And, he, and the chief looked very puzzled at him. It's like, what do, you, what do you mean what happened? He says, why did you guys leave? It's like, I don't understand, what do you mean? He's like, you were there and didn't kill, why did you not kill us? He said, because you had hundreds of men with drawn swords surrounding your hut, why would we invade you? We were scared, we left. And as they talked, they could only come up with the idea that this was most likely angels that were protecting them. Now the reality of it is, do I know if this is true or not and this really happened? I don't. But I know there are stories upon stories of people seeing God do amazing things in their lives. And I know according to the Bible, we see time after time after time, God is at work in our lives. He cares about us and he's working in and through our lives. And so as we begin to think about the angels working in our lives, one big question that really comes to our mind is this. It says, do we have guardian angels? And do we have a particular one assigned to us? Now, I can tell you through scripture, it cannot definitively be answered. There isn't a clear answer to this question, but there's some things we can know. Uh, in fact, uh, one, one thing we can know for sure is that God does have his angels to watch over us. But there's this, an interesting story in Acts 12. Acts 12 is a story of Peter. Peter is arrested and he's in a jail cell. And, and, and other disciples and people are, are at John Mark's mother's house and, and they're praying. And they're sitting there praying and praying for God to do a mighty work and for God to do a mighty work. And, and, and they're, they're praying nonstop. And Philip is in this prison. I mean, P Peter uh, is in this prison. And all of a sudden an angel appears to him and he, and he touches him and the shackles fall off. And the jail cell door opens and there's guards standing there and, and they walk out and they don't see. They don't see him. He walks right through. The angel protects and guards him and walks right through. And as he walks right through, he goes to the house where they were praying and he knocks on the, the outer gate and a woman comes to him and, and sees him and she's just kind of beside herself and realizing that, he, that he's standing right in front of her and she, she kind of closes the gate back and I think it's kind of funny. It runs back in instead of saying, hey, come on in. And she says, talks about it, he's here. 
And, and the verse that she uses, which is interesting, comes from Acts 12, 15. And it says, it must be his angel. In some ways, we don't know, did he have an angel assigned to him? Or was there just, uh, uh, maybe he just the only one did, or did she just think that that and just say it that way? We don't know that answer. And we see in scripture many times angels working for different people. It is scriptural, however, to say God uses angels to watch over, to minister to us, to protect us, to guard us, and to accomplish his purposes, just like he wants to use you to help accomplish his purposes in other people's lives. And so as we begin to look at these, these stories and, and these, we see these things, something comes to our mind where it's easy for me, and I know if you, you think about the might and the power of an angel, to be awed by those. And to think that I might have a guardian angel watching over me might give me the idea that I want to, in some ways, feel like I want to worship them. But you see, you see the thing is that we shouldn't worship angels. It, we, we were created like they were created. And, and in that, we see in Revelation 22, 9, John, uh, when he writes Revelation, he has uh, the, the information of Revelation revealed to him by an angel. And this is what he says. He says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. And, and, and right there, when we look at that, we think, wait a minute, I might be guilty of that as well. If I saw an angel and his might and his power reveal that, I could have easily been the same way and fell down on the feet and wanted to worship that angel. But he didn't. Instead, the angel said, don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of this scroll, worship God. You see, after we see the power and the work of angels in our lives, it's easy to want to worship them. But one thing we need to really continue to remember is that worship is not for the created, but for the creator. As we seek to put our focus on worshiping God, we begin to realize that God wants to do a mighty work in our lives. He wants to rejoice. In fact, the angels were even, and they're created to worship him. There's a beautiful example of angels wanting to celebrate and worship God is through the story uh, we see in Luke 15, where it talks about how when one person comes to faith in Christ, the mighty angels of God rejoice. When one person comes to faith in Christ, the mighty angels of God rejoice. Just one. That means just if you, if one person, the, the whole heaven celebrates, and picture this, there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels celebrating one person being restored to the mighty creator of the universe. As we think about that, the majesty and the glory and the excellence of who God is should be worshiped, not the angels who execute his will. As we, we continue to rejoice and put our faith and trust in the creator, we can know one thing. This story reveals if that many angels will celebrate it, is that God wants a relationship with you. God desires a relationship with you. Uh, and with that, we can find that through putting our faith and trust and hope in Christ. We can put our trust and faith in who he is. We can put our faith and trust in, in, in Christ and be restored to God. And as we're restored to God, we now belong to him. As we looked at it in, in Hebrews, that talked about that, that God sends his angels to minister to people to inherit salvation. If you belong to Christ, God will use his angels to protect you, to guard you, and to watch over you. Now, the issue with that is this. 
is that when we see that, we think, why and then in every case does not every, every time an angel protect me? If I had a guardian angel, why wouldn't my, all of a sudden, uh, everything work out for me? Is he slacking on his job? Is he not doing what he's supposed to do? Why do bad things happen? Why do I trip and fall down the stairs? Why do I spill coffee on me about three times a week? You know, why do things happen that easily could have been avoided if an angel just stops it? But the reality of it is, is that there is evil in this world. And we see that, and what we've seen in the previous time is there's evil in this world, and, and in that, it reveals the goodness and the grace of God, and it's a mystery. I don't fully understand it, and, and I don't know that we can this side of heaven, but what I do know is that God is at work in our lives. And our struggle is, if for us at times is that we long to be comfortable. We long to have life work out for us in such a way that we, we wanna be happy all the time. We wanna long to have no pain and no hurt and no frustration and no, nothing like that in our lives at all. But life isn't, isn't always like that. Life has hurt, life has pain. So for us to begin to think, how do we work through those things? How do we look at that? And when we face our life, sometimes it's easy to feel alone. And this season especially, for a lot of people, it's felt that way. People that have, have, have lost their jobs or people that feel alone because we're not able to even get out. It's been painful for a lot of people. But, but as we look at this, we wanna know that angels are here. Angels are here to help watch over us, but not only that, but God is. And they're here to watch us. And at the end of our life, when we come to the end of our life and we have uh, full of life that maybe has tears and joys and, and, and pains and happiness and all those things that mix in together, we know that if we have Christ, we belong to Christ, we will have peace. And that peace can give peace to our families. And did you know, did you know that, that when, when someone dies, they're not alone? We're not alone in that. In fact, in, in, in Luke 16, it talks about how uh, the story of the rich man and the ruler, talks about how the beggar was carried away by angels to Abraham's side. Did you know that when, when someone dies who belongs to Christ, they're escorted by angels to the presence of God? To me, when we see the beautiful picture of angels, we can know that, that when people have died, and I tell you, my heart has been breaking for people in hospitals who've been alone and people, places like that, you feel like they're all alone. The reality of it is, is that God will send his angels to watch over and protect them. So as we think about God at work in and around us, really to kind of, there's three things for us to think about. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, start one today. Put your faith and trust in who Christ is. Second thing is worship God, don't worship angels. We were created to worship God, angels were created to worship God. And the third thing is remember, you are not alone. You are not alone, no matter how you feel in that. And when it comes to angels, we don't need to, we don't need to pray to angels. We don't need to pray to angels because it's, it's what we need to do instead is realize that God is at work around us. Like I love the song, Waymaker. The song Waymaker really helps us uh, remember that God is at work even when we don't see it. He never stops working. He uses uh, his angels. But you know what else? As a Christian, if you belong to Christ, you have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You see, God uses the Holy Spirit in your life to guide you, to teach you, to lead you, to show you his truth. And he uses the Holy Spirit to help us do that, to walk in, in, in him and to learn more about who he is. He also uses angels to do that as well. And so we can't understand everything, but we can know this. We can know that angels are real and God is at work in and around us even when we can't see it. Let's pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much. I thank you, God, that you are at work around us. You're at work in, in so many ways, God. You're doing so many things in our lives to help, help begin to heal our hearts, to help us as we walk through struggles and pains and hurts. Or God, you're there to show us the joy and the beauty of your creation. And God, I pray that we would look to you, that we wouldn't need to seek out angels, we wouldn't need to pray to angels, we wouldn't need to look to angels for our comfort, but Lord, we can be comforted as we know that you use angels to minister to us in our lives that you use the power of your Holy Spirit to empower us to walk in your presence daily. And so God, today, as we're sitting there, wherever we are and we're listening or we're thinking about you, we can know, God, that you are at work in our lives. Thank you for that. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for, for, for everything you do in our life. Lord, even when it feels like we are alone, we can know we're not alone because, God, you're at work. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.